that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast put to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course fans bet all the way through the National Hunt season 21-22. Uh, we've had our little sabbatical, a little break after the Cheltenham Festival. I hope you all enjoyed all the coverage in the lead up to it, of course, and myself and Derma waffling away uh, during the days itself. And now we're on to, uh, well, I don't know, it's Cheltenham's for show, then entries for dough. We're on for the money, I think, this time around. It's myself, Dean Ryan, of course, and Derma is here. Hello, Dino. How are you? Very well, Demo. Nice to talk to you again. I haven't spoken to you in three weeks. <laughs> three weeks, yeah. No, I think we mentioned this a few times, Dean. We we lived together for a week and then we we uh, we viciously avoid each other for about three weeks then. I think I've sent you <laughs> three WhatsApps. When are we coming back? That's fine. Thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, cheers there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. It was enough hard beats there without having to talk to you about it again for another few weeks. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Delighted to say we've got Paddy Aspel back. Paddy, how are you? Good afternoon, boys. Good to have you here, Paddy, and uh, Mr. Weldon is here. Dave Weldon, how are you? Not too bad, Dean. How are you? All good. All good. Everyone is recovered, I'd say. And Cheltenham has been talked uh, back and forth by everybody else for ages. And we all know what happened and uh, what transpired. And now it's on to Aintree. Quick bit of housekeeping. Of course, fans bet with us until the end of the National Hunt season. We're going to cover uh, Fairy House, Punchestown, and of course, Aintree, which is the topic of today's show. Uh, just to let you know, they've got a Masters predict and win game for 25k on the website. Uh, if you do get involved with that, bet 10, get 30 offer on bookmakers.co.uk. They're also going to do a 10k game for the Grand and national i think that'll go live once the entries are fully known uh, tomorrow and there's a 250 pound win uh, play and win game on uh, this weekend's racing where someone will win at 250 quid let's get stuck in uh, to entry day one of course is the thursday it does kick off with probably one of the weakest looking grade ones you might find either side of the pond but you've still got to find a winner seven runners in the manifesto and um, betting likely to be headed by warlord and peak dohi they'll be close at the top of the market dave weldon yeah, um, I, I thought Pictori was the obvious one. Um, oops, sorry. Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> drop me pen. Um, That's a big pen, Dave, I have to yeah, say. That's yeah. a big, big pen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pictori is the one, apparently. Yeah, um, was good at Kempton, kept fresh for this. Uh, Warlord had a tough enough race. Uh, probably not good enough to be Pictori either, either way over this trip. And... Gina Lyon coming back fresh is the big danger, but I thought Pictori had a bit more class than her. They go nine to four uh, each of two, Warlord and Pictori for the manifesto, Dermot Nolan. Uh, yeah, Dean, look, this isn't a race that I'll be I'll be uh, flying into in any means. I, I, I think Warlord is a better horse than Pictori, to be honest. Um, that was a decent run last time as well in Fort, not Arkel. But winning a, a race like this is a completely different story. I thought Gin and Lime, I don't think any of these horses would have lived with my Drogo. Uh, so last time, that, that was a decent performance. Beat the likes of Fandy Blue the time before that. Um, wouldn't generally be going near Gin and Lime for a grade one, but getting weight from all these horses here um, at entry for a race like this, Dean, such a poor grade one. I think uh, I think Gin and Lime is the better 92. Yeah, the prices, I'd have to agree with you. Fans bet go 4-1, to one, Gin on Lime. Uh, 94, the top two, as I said, Warlord and Peak Dorhe. Um, I'd be taking a chance on the Irish runner, Paddy, as well, a bit like Dama. What do you think? Yeah, Gin on Lime, I think she's probably the best horse in the race, but at times her jumping just lets her down, doesn't it? And the fence is 
can get in the way, but her form figures certainly very, very tidy. But I was going to take a chance with the top horse here, lads, Earn River. I think yeah. he's going to be a little bit the unfashionable one, you could say, but he's won his points. The only time he's got beaten for Nick Kent was on his first run for the stable off the back of an absence. I thought we were pretty positive on him. They just got involved in the race early enough that day to say he'd, he was off the, the back of a layoff. But since then, he's not been beat. I think Nick Kent is a very underrated trainer. He's two from two over fences. He's still not the finished article, but for me, he definitely wants to go left-handed. He's jumped around one or two big tracks. So I think he could be one at a price here, Earn River. Yeah, Earn River currently 9-2 with fans bet for the manifesto. A couple of votes there for Gin Online. And uh, Dave, you like Peak Dohi. Okay, let's move on to the next race on the card on the Thursday. And uh, that's the four-year-old juvenile hurdle. Um, well, no surprise here to see uh, Pie Piper be a warm order demo. Uh, you're a big fan of the horse. We have to take on a bit of Boodles form here in Brazil. And uh, well, runner that I was keen on getting to Cheltenham in that race uh, was Petit Tonnerre. Finally, we're going to see the four-year-old again for John Joe O'Neill. Uh, this is hot enough. I wouldn't have Pie Piper uh, shades of odds on, would you? No, Dean. Um, I, I I was disappointed now by Pied Piper at um, at Cheltenham. Not that he couldn't beat Vauban. Vauban is clearly just an excellent, excellent horse considering everything that horse did wrong and he powered away. I think Vauban is obviously he- head and shoulders clear of the rest of this division. But the fact that Fieldor could, could kind of get up past him again at the line, mm. um, yeah, I just wasn't mad about that that kind of performance. Now, I, I, I actually think the front two in the Boodles in an, any other year uh, with any other connections would probably have been running in the triumph and would have gone gone very well. Uh, Brazil was handicapped for within an inch of his life. They actually overly handicapped him that, that he had to go and win easily at uh, at Nace to yep. even get himself in at Cheltenham. And that was a very, very good performance against a horse Gaelic warrior that you'd imagine is uh, is very good. So Brazil for me at five to two, Dean, I just think the price disparity is huge considering I just think Brazil getting up to beat Gaelic warrior despite the fact that Gaelic warrior was beaten right was kind of running right. Sorry, I think that that's um, that's still very strong form. And Pied Piper and Field Door. I'm not sure there's a whole pile of difference there. Um, so Brazil at five to two, Dean would be the one where I'd be going here. Okay, Brazil is the pick for Dermot Nolan for the uh, Juice and Juvenile. Paddy Aspel, do you have these front two um, with the price disparity? There is five to six. Pied Piper Brazil, uh, nine to four bits of five to two around. I think the top horse is pretty good, lads. Um, Brazil. Obviously, plenty went against him, didn't it, at Cheltenham? And he still managed to get the job done. Uh, yep. Would have been a very unlucky loser, wouldn't he? And I think it was a, a great story all around. And he was a bit of a talking horse, wasn't he, for Cheltenham? Um, interesting to see if he can reproduce here. But obviously, just a bit of a different test, you've got to say, entry. I was keen to give John Joe's horse a go here, Petit Tonnerre. I mean, he might go under the radar a little bit simply because it was a small market raising field where he made his debut, but clocked a pretty good time. And the, the thing I like best of all about that race was he hit the line very hard that day. He wasn't stopping. Could just be a bit of a dark one here. Obviously, he's got a bit of experience in France as well, but I thought Petit Tonnerre could be a bit of value about him considering he's got some, some lofty rivals to take on here. I love him. I love him, Paddy. I think he's the he's the one. Certainly, the price is nine to one currently with fans bet um, for the juvenile hurdle, and I think there's loads more to come. And those those front two, they've had they've had tough old races at Cheltenham. Is that an angle to take with us, Dave Weldon? Uh definitely. Um, I'd be against the front two. Um, Brazil's had a long enough season. I know he's been uh, been plotting around, but uh, he's still been on the go for a while. Uh, Pied Piper, I agree with Dermo. I was disappointed to see Phil Dor come back at him. 
up the hill at Cheltenham. Um, that probably took its toll on him. And like I, I like Panit Taner. He wasn't that impressive at market raising, but I, I'm going to take on um, the all on with night salute. Mm. Um, he just didn't jump well enough at Cheltenham. I don't know whether the track just didn't suit him, maybe. Um, back to a flatter track here at Aintree, shown form like that at, at Doncaster and at Kempton. That's going to suit. Like 16 to 1 is a massive over exaggeration on, on what he should be. Um, he should be in, in line with Panit Toner uh, in price terms. And he's probably going to be about 3 to 1, 4 to 1 without the front two in the market. And that's fine. That'll do for me. Yeah, an interesting way to play that race is without those front two, because plenty will be offering that. There's the likes of two friendly Fultonay uh, in their night salute that you mentioned there, sixteen to one. Um, you can certainly make a case for for plenty others to pick up the pieces here. It's a really, really good uh, renewal of the um, the four year old juvenile there. Uh, very much looking forward to it. Not a lot of love for Pied Piper at the prices here, which is perhaps not a surprise. Odds on pokes uh, are tricky to, to weigh in behind. Why don't we have a look at the Betway Bowl? Paddy, I'll come to you uh, first here. Clanders Oboe is now 10, but likely to go a favourite uh, for this alongside the Gold Cup third uh, Protectorat. They're pretty uh, tight at the top of the market, but it's open enough. You've got the likes of Ken Boy who actually skipped Cheltenham uh, for the first time in a while. And it's a, it's a hot field of nine. Paddy, what do you make of the bowl? Yeah, cracking race this, to be honest. An interesting Clanders Oboe. You know, they're, they're not holding any mercy with him, 10-year-old, and they're whacking a pair of blinkers for him. On the yeah, do you remember when you used to tell us that they did to do it with Native River and when they finally did, he bolted up? Is this the same situation? Well, it could be because, you know what, obviously we, we, we look at Clanders Oboe, he's a bit of a flat track bully. Um, but interesting here, he could sprout another leg with a blinker on this fella. I think maybe Connections have been holding off as long as possible and it could be really really interesting in the, the first time headgear for sure but obviously as you'd expect it's going to be a well-run race and i was going to go for one that has been to cheltenham here el dorado allen you you guys know i'm pretty keen on this horse and he's had a good season uh for the tizards i think even for an eight-year-old he stepped it up a gear this time real good festival run the only box he's got to take for me is a couple of ordinary efforts the only previous times he's been to entry el dorado allen but apart from that I think he's pretty solid there for the Tizards and just hope it's not one run too many. Yeah, it could be. Um, they've kept him pretty busy, of course. Uh, he's 6-1 to one currently with fans bet as El Dorado Allen. That'll be Paddy Aspel's pick for the bowl. Dem, I'll come to you. Uh, yeah, Dean. Uh, Protector really impressed me at Cheltenham. I was never actually mad about this horse at all. Um, but he ran a really good race that day. I mean, I think the front two, as I've been saying for quite a while, they've retired and... Uh, or A plus tired, sorry, and uh, I mean Alindo, they're both just. I think they're they're they, they are miles clear of the rest of the of the division. Um, uh, the two of them are are just excellent, excellent horses. So Protector at got very very close. He galvan behind him. He rolled Piquet that day. That was a huge effort. Uh, he's got injury form this season, and if I just think that Gold Cup form is just way stronger than what kind of what the rest of these are carrying in, Dean, and I'm very happy to uh, row in behind. Dan Skelton's charger. And myself, Damo, you'd be rolling in behind me, of course. I was big, keen on Protector running a big race in the Gold Cup, and he did. Sorry, sorry, yes, of course. <laughs> and and he, you did. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And uh, and he did, and I think he's a fair price to go and follow this up in the bowl. I'm a little bit concerned about the freshness uh, that Ken Boyle come with, and he's, his copybook has been blotted away. Uh, but at 10 now, I'm figuring that he's probably had his best runs behind him. And the other one that concerned me in the race was not any of the English runners, but it was Conflated, who fell at Cheltenham from a pick-up-the-pieces ride uh, in the Ryanair and uh, I'd imagine that might be the biggest danger for me it won't rain enough for Royal Pagai Dave Weldon no definitely not um, I think he's shown last time that he, he definitely needs soft ground I, I agree Dean I think Conflated is a big danger 
Um, like he fell at the second last, but he wasn't completely finished with. Um, just picking him up, wasn't he? It was yeah. one of those rides that was ridden to. I know I'm not going to go and battle with that. I'll let everyone else have that and yeah, and have a crack at it after the last. And he just didn't yeah. get to the last. He probably would have finished maybe five lengths behind. Maybe. Um, and uh, Janadil finished 14 lengths, so he would have been well clear of them. Definitely stays three miles around the flat track like entry ninety two, five to one around there. Probably an each way bet to nothing. Um, and I, I like Kenboy as well. Kept specifically for this, has won the race before. That, that form, I know April Tart was probably a bit below where he was for the Gold Cup at Leopard Sound at Christmas, but he was only a length and a half behind him or whatever, so he, he's got a fair chance as well. A debut to two, I take against the field. Yep, Protector Act is your 100 to 30 favourite currently with fans bet. Clan de Zobo 7 to 2, 9 to 2, the pair. The Irish pair have conflated in Kenboy, El Dorado Allen, who Paddy Lights is at 6 to 1, and it's 7 to 1 bar those for what looks uh, a cracking renewal of the bowl. Um, really, this is a very, very good card, uh, Aintree on Thursday. Following race we're going to talk about is the Aintree Hurdle. Dave, I'm going to stick with you. Um, it's the it's the near misses, isn't it? The the champion hurdle near misses lining up here over an extra four furlongs with Epitant and Zana here. And uh, you could argue which one should be favourite. Which one would you make favourite? Uh, I'd have I'd have Epitant a few uh, points clear. Um, okay. Six, six to four, seven to four shot. Um, I think she was good at Cheltenham last day behind Honeysuckle. She kind of stumbled a little bit after the last and cost her a bit of momentum. I think she would have been well clear of Zana here. Bar that. Um, now, what you're playing with Zana here is that everyone talks about him being a Sayers Hurdle horse next year. And if he improves for the extra half a furlong and the cheap pieces have to trick, do the trick again. But he's kind of danced every dance this year. He's been there trying to win races, win a grade one, and he hasn't quite done it. So I'd be happy enough to, I think he might be a bit over the top now at this stage. Um, and I think Gloria Fortune is probably a too big a price at around 12 to 1. Won the bet fair and um, was unexposed at this trip. And his handicap form from the Great Wood. Um, even to la- going back to last year has been franked all over the place um, and I think he would have an each way chance for the Lacey's at about 12 to 1 yeah, Gloria and Fortune is a 12 to 1 chance with fans bet. Uh, they make the field Epitome 15 to 8, 2 to 1 Zan here, brewing up a storm 11 to 2, and 8 to 1 bar those. Paddy, uh, which way do you think they're going to come out? Is it just revolving around those front two, or is there something else? No, I can't get away from the mare here. Obviously, going to get some weight off the boys here, and yeah. I, I think you're you, you're bang on about the Cheltenham race. I mean, it was a funny one. I watched it a few times, and don't really know what she did, but she appeared to lose her back end, but it cost her value, valuable uh, momentum. And it was, it was, I won't say a, a, a race stopper, but just such a vital moment, wasn't it? And not going to she say... She probably that. got to within a length or so, I'd say, wouldn't you? Yeah. It, it was realistic. And it just took her a few strides then just to, to, to get the engine running again. And it was a vital, it was a vital moment of the race. But I think round this track, stepped up and trip. She's very, very straightforward, Epitant, travels and jumps. Even though they, they've obviously operated on her back since she had that bit of an issue i still don't think she's the same epitome as regards jumps like a champion hurdler but there's no doubt she's much better again and i think she could be very very comfortable up the trip on on friday guys yeah i'd agree with you i think epitome is the is the right favorite if that's the way she goes off and that's seven pounds super valuable demo super valuable super valuable yeah dean look i don't add anything there to it Oh, Paddy said it. I completely agree on all of it. And it has to be remembered, like the Boover there and these horses from Nicky Henderson, they, they tended to improve kind of from Chetlam to, to Aintree as well. Uh, he tends to let them kind of fresh enough going in. And she's she's she had a 79-day break going into uh, Chetlam, so she might even step forward from that. So uh, definitely, Dean, she's uh, she's the one here. I actually think, think this race is Barzana here. It's terrible, but 
it also has to be noted, lads, that Gordon Elliott and and Paul Nichols, their their yards are stinking, um, and they continuously Gordon uh, more so now, I think slightly anyway. Gordon I don't know. And Paul Nichols had a winner last weekend in Lawler, and he was absolutely blessed to have it. Yeah. Bar that, bar that, they're 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 all running terribly. Jer, like his last few runners now, Jeremy Pass beating ninety four lengths, going off a four to one. A getaway Trump beating eight lengths. Uh, Glasgow uh, going off four to one, beating twenty one lengths. Least two like, of those uh, carried my money demo. So yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and Paul Nichols. The thing that makes me laugh so much is he's such a moody fucker at times because he said that day at. Uh, it's very clear I haven't done done the podcast in a while with that sort of statement there. Sorry. <laughs> but um, he said that uh, at Ascot after. Uh, after Brave Man's game beat Pat's Fancy, that uh, oh the media are making way too much of my stable's form. They are continuing since that point in horrific form, um, and it's just something yeah that kind of ha- has to be noted. They're both brilliant trainers. They can make a fool out of you tomorrow. They could turn around and and one of them could could run through the card. But uh, Nicky Henderson's stable form is in a much better place than them two anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, if I mean if there was something to happen to the front two here, I did think Mon Morales run at Aintree last year would be. Uh, would be hugely of note if you hadn't seen it run twice since. <laughs> so that doesn't help. Um, I do think Epitant's <laughs> rock solid uh, in that Aintree hurdle. And uh, yeah, be a, be a testament to, to Nicky Henderson to get her back and, and win in this. And uh, I know everyone's keen on, on San Hayes, but he's a bit of a hipster horse, isn't he? Like, loves, a, loves a two and a two and a two and a two and a three uh, next to his name. Okay, let's move on then. Uh, Demo, I'll stick with you for the Fox Hunters uh, on the card. Now, it would be terrific if David Maxwell can get a win here, but I think for betting purposes, you probably have to look elsewhere yeah um yeah look he's he's a brilliant jockey but look there is there is just just that thing I, whenever i see somebody he's an enthusiastic jockey i don't know about yeah, he's a, yeah he's a legend but yeah it's not something to get excited about uh punting on him wise he's improved he's improved I, i'd say 600 percent probably over the last few years yeah definitely yeah. still it's still shorter jockey i think late night pass will go one better this year than she did last year that broke my heart last year when cousin pascal at six six to one came around the bend to uh to take this horse but late night pass ha- had tried to go from the front at cheltenham a few weeks previous and and that's when he caught my eye and just c- kind of didn't see out the three mile two at uh, back to two miles five then ran an absolute screamer t- looked looked the winner every inch of this race and then just kind of did didn't see it through um at the end but this season they didn't go to cheltenham they've completely worked back from this race we know that this horse handles the 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 course which to be fair we know with Jet too, but I just think a horse like kind of like Lake Now Pass that has shown such latent ability and has had the season kind of change to to match this race. I really hope it does land for for Gina um, Andrews and her husband Tom Ellis. And the um, but I just think Lake Now Pass it's kind of sh- shaped up to be a a bit of a decent betting as much as you couldn't go too mad in a race like this either, you know? Sure, you're going to need plenty of luck. But I tell you what, it'd be, it's going to be fun watching Jet and Late Night Pass go hell for, hell for leather from the front end. Not that many will be far away. They'll tend to go too quick in this. Um, yes. Exactly. <laughs> which is just going to happen. Um, I'm very excited to see Jet. I mean, if you remember, we'll just watch the Grand National last year. Uh, Jet would have won uh, this race uh, doing handstands, just fell apart at the last few fences. Uh, Paddy, you're a purist. Talk to me in the purest sense about the Hunters. Well, I suppose the only worry about Jed is he's got to leave an absolute stinker of a run behind him, getting turned over the last day. Really, he shouldn't have been... By Shantou Flyer, was it, I think? Yeah, Yeah, he shouldn't have been getting beat now, Fontwell. And I was working that day, and it was just never a comfortable viewing. Um, 
So he's going to leave that one behind him. Um, I do think that the horse of Tom Ellis's is pretty solid late night pass. He's had an, another good year. They've done his wind here in prep for this. He's probably going to take a fair bit of beating uh, late night pass. I would probably put him up and then one, I think at, at a big price, Going up and back up and trip here is the old timer here. Drum Connor lad ran an absolute screamer over two miles at Leicester the last day. Another hundred yards and he was going to be bang there. Uh, he's very re- reliable, Drum Connor lad. The one thing you're going to get with him is if he gets um, a bit of room to maneuver, he's a very very solid jumper. Adrian Keatley's book, Tom Hamilton. He could be one at a price because he, he knows the time of day. And Drum Connor lad, he's been there, done that. And although he is given age to a good few of his rivals, he's certainly pretty reliable. 33 to 1, the Drum Connor lad. Um, Dave, I'm, I might be confusing myself. I tell you what, we can never describe either yourself or myself as a purist. Um, but Drum Connor lad's been on your radar a few times, hasn't he? He's broken my heart more times than I um, than I tend to remember, Dean. So, uh, sure, are you going to let him have one more go? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I've given up. I gave up, gave up a while ago. So, uh, well, I, I, what wins the fox hunters then? Um, no real opinion on it. I thought it was interesting that uh, Paddy Mullins was booked for uh, Sarah Bradstock on Midbuster, who was formed trained by uh, Henry Bromhead. And I thought it was interesting as well that Porlock Bay missed Cheltenham to come here. Um, he had a similar prep last year, got beaten, and then went to the Cheltenham Fox Hunters one, and now he's skipped that and come to Aintree for a wheel biddick. So he might have a chance. Yep. in the Fox Hunters. Okay. Um, I, I think Jet will be so far clear, even if late night pass sticks with him for a mile or so, um, that this could be a procession. But Paddy, you've, you've worried me now about that Fontwell run. I'll have to go and, and watch it again. It, sometimes these fences just light him up, though, and mm. that's probably all it needs. Do, do, you, uh, know, do you know what I think, Dino, with sometimes, because, not recently, but because Whaley Cohen previously had such a good record around the fences a lot of his horses there, there's no value in in the in the price i but, get that yeah. you know the, the record has taken a bit of a bit of a battering lately um <laughs> no it, it, it'll be a good watch <laughs> will be a good watch and uh unfortunately for jet it's probably going to carry some of my cash uh for sam whaley cohen and uh and the father robert of course they go three to one jet late night past seven or two six to one uh for david maxwell and cat tiger 13 to two paul at bay there's 10 to one bar those in the fox on there's a couple of other races on the thursday and this is an open forum you can uh jump in of course there is the uh the red rum handicap chase and the mayor's bumper demo give me one from each uh, yeah, nothing for the mayor's bumper, Dean. I don't get involved in bumpers. But uh, before midnight, um, was a horse I was all over for Cheltenham. Uh, he didn't run because of the, the ground becoming sloshed that day. The two of us found out in the day that our biggest bets on the same day, uh, Brave Man's Game, and before midnight, were both pulled out. Um, but he that run behind Finnambul Savola just gets stronger every every single week, it seems. And that run at... Uh, at Cheltenham behind the Nurjamin, I know what happened to Shishkin, but still, even to finish third that day would have been a huge run from uh, Funambul Savola. Mm. And uh, that horse achieved that before midnight, was only a length behind that horse and gave that horse plenty of it that day. Runs here off 148. Sam Twiston Davis booked for Sam Thomas, who's had a real breakthrough season. Uh, was the, the rest of the horses there, the likes of Anisha's horse, Global Citizen, etc. I think they all had very hard races that day. There's, there's a few of these coming in fresh who are, of course, interesting. But uh, for me, before midnight is, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's 
He's getting very close now. I still haven't picked my nap at the festival, but he's not far away from it, I don't think. Okay, 7-1 with fans bet is before midnight for that red rum. And Sam Thomas's horse is still absolutely flying. Recent form figures of 1-4-2-1-2. And I backed the one that came second. <laughs> 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 this is a this is a recurring theme here. I must stop stop uh, slapping myself in the face as we go through this. Uh, Dave Weldon, you've got two races there: the Red Rum and the Bumper. Um, yeah, the Bumper is interesting. Um, that the horse that Rachel Blackhorse and booked on is looks promising. Um, I like the Milton Harris horse as well, Rosie Red Rum. That's um, the one, Dave. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, I think she'll take a bit of stock and getting all the allowances. And did you see the race the well. last day? I mean, obviously she was impressive when she won first time, but did you see the race the last day? Um, absolutely, um, an amazing run. If you want to go and yeah. watch it, comes wide, four hundred lengths behind, with a couple of furlongs to go. Um, there's any amount of ability in Rosie Red Run. Four hundred lengths, literally. Yeah. Four hundred lengths. Literally, I counted them. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, no, she's she's supremely talented. Um, like she, I think she beat a good Paul Nichols horse the first day out as well, uh, with her allowances and all that. And they're going for the Houghton Tongue Strap uh, tomorrow, so that'll be promising. And then I thought Felicia Horse, if she, it, this is one to back. On the exchanges in Royal Frero Bamboo. Frero yeah. Bamboo, yeah. Okay. If if he jumps off with them, back it. If, if it's detached, maybe wait a while and see because it would have won the Grand Annual last time if it wasn't, um, if it didn't jump off behind them and got detached early on and keep the pace. It's some engine in there, has good form all season, and I think it is the right favourite, but it comes with a few asterisks. asterisks yeah, the Astra, yeah, those things. And yeah. uh, Charlie Charlie will need to, Charlie Deutsch will will need to get it right because it does seem to be a real quirky character. Um, Paddy, you've probably seen that horse uh, run a few times this season. And uh, it's I don't know if, if there's something wrong with, with Ferreira Bamboo or whether they just overdo it or maybe the horse doesn't fancy it early. It's a hard one to know. Yeah, certainly a bit of a character for sure. But I suppose we've all got, we've all got our quirks, lads, haven't we? Um, yeah. But yeah, there's no doubt, and obviously you've just got to, if 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 you pay your money, you take your chance. But I mean, if he helps himself out a little bit and and help Charlie Deutsch, he's got plenty of ability. But it's a wide open race, but you know it's going to be well run. They'll be they'll be spread out like washing. To be honest, I was going to plump for one at a price here. You know, I'm a bit of a bit of a sucker, lads. But I think the last day is a very talented horse. He's won round entry and he looked like he, he was going to get the job done last time uh, until he crashed out and Evan Williams I'd say he's done a serious job of just basically keeping the wheels on this horse for a 10 year old he's hardly seen the track at all really but I thought he was worth a go we've not seen him since that Haydock race hopefully with a bit of luck in running uh, he could be there thereabouts but he is pretty fragile the last day but talented I love him Paddy and that's where I was going to go and the last day, it definitely should have won the last day. And, uh, and unfortunately, a few times, actually, we've discussed this horse on this podcast, Paddy, and it hasn't quite come off. Um, but there's definitely a big pot on him still, I think. And this is probably a track where it'll happen. Uh, 16 to 1 is the current price for the last day. I like Rosie Red Rum in the bumper. Paddy, you normally have one for the bumper. Yeah, I was going to looking at Lorna Fowler's mare here, Cave Tara. Um or daughter of Cave Tara, should I say? I mean, look, there's. It wasn't an absolute knockout uh, when she got the job done at the second time of asking, but the very, very shrewd operators, I think, and you know, they don't often pitch one in at the deep end unless they think that they're they're pretty good. This is competitive, there's no doubt. Um, and Milton Harris, who's had a fantastic season, I think he has got a real nice filly in Rosie Redrover, and they popped the hood on her tomorrow and he has talked her up a fair bit which you know he doesn't always do but it's very very competitive but uh, naughtiness 
I thought was certainly interesting for Lorna Fowler and hopefully a double on the day for Tom Hamilton. Yeah, it could be a big day for him. Um, he's riding Lorna Fowler's naughtiness in the bumper, which wraps up uh, the Thursday at Aintree. Let's get straight on into the Friday. We're going to start with the top novices hurdle. Um, there's been a bit of a mess going around on Twitter about whether John Bond runs or doesn't run. Uh, declared Aidan Coleman on board. Uh, should he be even money, David Weldon? Uh, even money's great price. Take it, move on. I agree. Uh, this could be simple. Demon Nolan. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love that performance from El Fabiolo at uh, Turles, but again, it's just it's very hard to know that form, what the hell it's, it's worth. I, I'd be happy to let him go and win. At evens for what John Bond has achieved, as Dave said, it's just, it's very strong. Um, the only fear you'd have, Dean, is that you spoke quite interestingly uh, during the season about Brave Man's game, heart being broken when he got passed last year, and John Bond, when you watch it back a bit again, he does. He looks thoroughly confused about what's after just happening. I you think know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's my only fear for John Bond is that that's that's maybe left just a bit of a mark in him that you know, um, he he was passed so so readily and then had to had to had to run home and have a tough race in at Cheltenham. So that would be my only fear, a race that I'm not going near. But I I still think evens is just. It does seem big about John Bond, all right? Oh, he's odds on in my head, all right? That's for sure. Paddy, do you think John Bond even money for the top novices? Well, I mean, look, he got the credit that he deserved, even though he was he was kicked aside at Cheltenham. I think he's mostly done everything right. And the biggest thing was for me that he, he handled the whole day. I thought he ran with real credit and obviously just, just bumped into an absolute monster. But I've been really taken with Chris Gordon's horse this season, lads. Ache and risk. Um, yep. You know, Chris pitched him in from Handicap Company into a grade two last time at Kempton. And, you know, it was a big ask. But on the day, there was no horse travelled or jumped better than Aiken Risk. The yard are absolutely flying. They're, at the minute, they're operating at a, a over 50% strike rate. And, mm. you know, I think he's got plenty of faith in this horse. Even if you look back to some of his defeats earlier in the season, although it's it's midweek form, it's stacking up and working out so well. This is a horse who's on the improve. He's going to have to take another step forward. But the way he got the job done last time, I can't see why he can't do that. And interesting again that Chris Gordon pops him into some pretty deep water here. Yeah, he does. He's 11-1, to 1, obviously three places paid at the minute in that top novices hurdle, the way the decks currently stack up. John Bond is your even money favourite. 3-1 to one about El Fabiola, but a maiden winner. Uh, stepping up into this first street ran well at Cheltenham. That's there at five to one surprise package. Uh, Ten to one elevens all come risk, and it is fourteen to one bar. That's the first race we looked at there at Aintree on the Friday. Uh, we're going to move on now to the Mild May novices, and uh, oh, this will be short and sweet from me again. Braves man's game will be long press with a hoist and your uh, gasping for air, and Fury Road picking up fourth place prize money. Paddy Aspel. Yeah, I mean, look, we could talk, we could spend the whole podcast on about the the stable form, but it's impossible to knock Brave Man's game. And I mean, I think even on Friday, he will show how good he is to win despite, you know, the, the, the stable's form being ordinary enough. I've just been so taken with him over fences, you know, because I mean, I'd imagine all of you guys have seen that clip to put together of his, his Newbury race. Yeah, um, with Pat's fancy doing similar behind him, in fairness, jumping well. But well, it, was, it was some performance, wasn't it, with with the leaps? Unbelievable. And I mean, an over, like a lot, it's not just because, oh, he's a clever horse. That's talent, the fact that he can he can go along and he can back off. And for a big lad, he's so good on his feet and quick on his feet. 
Um, you know, he just breaks horses' hearts around him because he, he spends zero time in the air. Uh, he's absolutely faultless. And I think Connections have done a great job of confidence-wise just building him up as a guard, giving him a couple of penalty kicks over fences. And, yeah, he's, he's, he's putting things together really nicely. Long press, I thought, was very, very impressive at Cheltenham. I mean, Charlie Deutsch only had to give him a smack up the running because he was looking around, he was dossing. Um, you know, and to win a race like that without even getting a tap uh, would have been very impressive. But I don't know, I'm with you guys. He's, he's certainly going to need, I think, a little bit more juice in the ground. And I think a high senior, he's very talented, but he's a bit... The word I... When I see a high senior, I just think he's very clunky. You know, um, he, he likes to, to go in and nudge a fence. He pitches at the back of some fences and he he's a little bit thick. It's probably the, the best way to describe <laughs> it. Very talented, but he's a bit thick. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I think in against these rivals, I know he beat Brave Man's game at this meeting last year, but over, albeit over hurdles. But despite the form of the stable, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't be against uh, the Fav here. No, nor me at all. And um, right, well, let's ask Demo. Demo, long press, very impressive at Cheltenham. Didn't get to race uh, too many of the better ones. Ahoy, Senor was there. Ahoy, Senor is here. Uh, but now Brave Man's game is in the mix. Uh, yeah, well, first off, anyway, I wouldn't be knocking it, anything long press did that day. I mean, Dusart has come out and won quite easily at, at air since. And he was fairly pucked out of the way that day. Um, so what Lahan Press did that day was very, very impressive. A really good performance. Um, a high senior is is yeah, he, yeah, he's thick, but ha- has to be remembered he hammered Braveman's game here last year at this very festival. Uh, but Braveman's game probably has its excuses. Braveman's game comes in here fresh, Dean. Uh, I was blown away by by what he did last time. He for me is the winner. But just all I'll caveat that with is that it would just it wouldn't surprise me at all if Lahan Press got the better of the the argument. That's all. I think this this day is screaming out for a, a John Bond Brave Man's game and Fakir Tudori in the next uh, a treble and leave the day alone after that, I think, uh, as far as the, the big grade ones go. But uh, Brave Man's game for me is the most likely winner, but he'll have a job in his hand, I think. Oh, he'll have a job in his hands, all right. So it's a, this is a good four. Even Furio makes it a good four. There's no doubt about that. Um, but potentially, um, there's... No... I don't know, Dave, I think you were the one telling me about Lon Press being the one who hadn't run at this trip, go and win an RSA. They always win the Gold Cup. So for Brave Man's game to go and beat Lon Press here would be a real marker. I was saying that, Dean, yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry, Dave. That, that's that's not, not something I'd say, Dean. I wouldn't think that far ahead. Um, <laughs> I, I'm actually going to back a high senior. It, it's partially a price team because he's about four or five to one at the moment. But if you he look is. at his form, he's run one five times, right? Four of them times have had good in the description and one time on soft. He ran in spray pants game at Christmas on soft ground at Kempton, a track that wouldn't suit. He's won at Aintree. It's going to suit him. Um, I think the front two might even just cut each other's throats. They might just get involved too early and a high senior was to stay on past them. That's the scenario I can envisage. And 5-1, to one, it won't be a massive better and it'll be a half a stake probably. Um, the price at the moment is 5-1 is too big. Okay, Ahoy, and you're too big in the market. It is a cracking race. You'd like three or four more runners uh, to, to kind of fill out the field, but I don't think they'd be troubling the judge anyway with those uh, three, certainly those three at the front end. Uh, Brave Man's game will be the one for me, and no one will be shocked. So let's move on to the uh, the Mars chase. Uh, Dermo, may as well go back to you. You said Faka Duderi could be the third leg of a, a grade one treble on the Friday. 
Uh, yeah, I, I think we spend a bit too much time trying to take on Fakir Dudery. Um, you know, Dave Welland's a much bigger fan than I am, so I, I didn't talk. But horses like him tend to get taken on all the time. But when you look through his form, I mean, it's only... Was it Alaho's the only horse to have beaten him this season? Uh, last season at Punchestown, he ended up going up over a trip that was that was just too far with him. He beat him by Clandazovo, but like bar that, like his performance here at Aintree last season was absolutely unbelievable. And then before that, was second to Check and Persuade over too short a trip at Leperstown, and then second to Alaho. He's a horse that when he doesn't bump into horses like that, he tends to he tends to win. Um, and he's been he's been absolutely brilliant. His performance at Aintree last season in this very race was was very special. His performance at Ascot was very good because probably wasn't head over heels in love with the ground, but just got the job done very well that day. And I just think he's, I think he's a bit clear of deeds. Fun and of all, he's very interesting, obviously going up and trip, but I think he's had a brilliant season to this point. And you wonder what's left for him. Uh, Captain Guinness, very interesting going up and trip as is all mankind, etc., etc. Uh, but Fakir Dudery is, uh, for me, is just the proven one here. Um, well, no, St. Calvados, it's very strange. Uh, if I owned that horse now, I wouldn't be happy with uh, waiting him last season or Paul Nichols this season. Uh, the horse got pulled out of the Ryanair last year uh, by Whittingham after basing the whole season around it because the ground was too good and then got pulled out this season from the Ryanair after the whole season was based around it because the ground was too soft. Uh, if I was an owner of that horse now I'd be really querying what the hell um, is going on I get you um, I get so. you but they were both extremes where it was quick and it was very soft Paul Nichols threw his toys out the pram Dean will you stop yeah but God <laughs> almighty like he's he is literally a mudlark and he's he's gone very well on heavy ground in the past I found that ridiculous he, he beat Vanatu at, at Cheltenham on heavy ground before in the past he's uh, he's literally heavy ground as well before yeah no I, I think it's absolute nonsense what what went on with him. Uh, but anyway, that's a side matter. Fakir Dudery wins. I'll send you some humble pie if St. Calvados goes and lands uh, the Marsh chase, but I don't think Hope he will. Because I really like the horse. Yeah, I, I don't think he will. I, I don't think I, I won't be taking on Fakir Dudery. Here, Dave Weldon, I assume you won't be. Um, no, no. Uh, I love the horse. I, I've loved him since uh, his juvenile days. The only thing that's starting to not annoy me or anything like that, just put doubt in my mind, is his jumping as he's getting older. It's just getting a bit sloppy. Um, it was sloppy at Ascot the last day. He's, he's only seven, Dave. He's seven. Oh, he's on the go. A, a fair wide. He's on the go since a three-year-old. Um, jumping, but uh, yeah, he's just gotten a bit sloppy in his jumping the last twice. He buried the first uh, behind Alaho, um, at Turles, and then he was just a bit sketchy at a few at uh, Ascot. I, I'll back him and he'll win, but it just might catch him out one of these days. This is a soft enough grade one, but just next year as well. Just keep that in your mind. Okay, thirteen to eight looks a bit big to me about Fakir Dudery. Fernandez Savola is five to one, seven to one. Scoreal, Scoreal, and uh, Captain Guinness eight to one. Jeez, that could be eighty to one. Uh, it wouldn't get me interested. And it's ten to one. But Paddy, over to you. Yeah, I think Dermo has really summed up Fakir absolutely perfectly. To be honest, he's just unlucky that Alaho is around at the minute. But mm. you know, in his grade, he's a very, very talented horse. I think Joseph O'Brien has done a great job of getting this horse back to you know certainly back to his best I think he'll win one I'm going to take here is the outsider of the lot simply because I think an awful lot of people are going to be put off and he deserves probably deserves to be the price he is editor to Geet because he mixed it with um at Chelton didn't he on that day when the ground was absolutely rank and he, he did yeah. his normal thing he goes 100 mile an hour but that's all editor to Geet does 
But the thing about him is he's a very, very tough horse. He really is. And that was a, with 11 stone nine at Cheltenham. And really, he had no business hanging around as long as he did at Cheltenham. He was only beaten six lengths. Um, and obviously, this is going to be a well-run race. But he really doesn't lie down very easy, Edward de Geese. And I reckon if he gets into a rhythm here, um, he could just still be hanging around and pick up a bit of each way of money at a big price. Love that. 20 to 1 editor to geek for the Moors, Joshua and Gary. And that's um, in the Marsh Chase, of course. All right. Well, Paddy, we'll stick with you and we'll move on to the next race on the card, which is the Topham. Now, the eye catcher probably of the whole Cheltenham Festival, and actually probably prior to that, was Mr. Coffee. But Mr. Coffee doesn't like winning very much. Uh, likely the golf favourite for a Topham, though. Yeah, Nicky Henderson sort of said that this was going to be one of his better chances, wasn't it, at the festival? And yeah. well, that's three. He was so nearly right, wasn't he? Just doesn't quite go through with it. Yeah, and and three crossbar efforts now. So you've got to be taking that into consideration if you're going to be getting involved with him. And I mean, God, this can be a rough watch at times, this race. There's no doubt. There was one or two here, though, I definitely thought were worth a mention. I think. I've always been a fan of of Emma Lavelle's Killer Clown. He's two from three now with the since they popped the tongue tie on him. They pulled up in the two starts ago. I think I'd forgive him that a little bit, and we just can't wait to get to see him on Friday on some nice ground. I think he's a very very classy horse. He's a good traveller, and that win the last day was probably a career best for Killer Clown. So deservedly, he has gone up to to 148 so he's got a little bit more to do here but i do definitely think that that tongue tie is helping him and be interesting to see him over these fences on some nice ground on friday killer clown is 12 to 1 for the top and with fans bet that would be paddy's uh pick in the race dave wilden um yeah i, I like the mctoddy for the bones um won the sefton in uh november and then he fell in the uh the one after that features and yep. He didn't get very far, and that's it. No, no problem there. And I just think he's right down the bottom of the weights. He's in the handicap, even though Royal Randall was kicking a load of them out of it. And the Bones usually do well in races like this, and they are in a bit of form at the moment. So yeah, Big Toddy, I think about sixteen to one would do for me. Yeah, it's sixteen to one for the Bones. Always waning was theirs, wasn't it? Always used to come back and yeah, pick up these exactly. races. Um, yeah, time and year after year. Um, Dermo, talk to me about the Topham. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love Foxy Jacks for this um, at 25 to 1. Um, I absolutely love him for it. That was an absolutely ridiculously good run behind Birchdale. Um, when he lent in half behind him at Leperstown. If you watch it, he's a weird habit where he runs his best races going left-handed uh, this season, but he jumps a little bit to the right. But it, 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 that doesn't really kind of bother me too much. He's going unbelievably well in the ultimate when he absolutely takes a fence home with him. Yeah. And Dean, I like that because to a degree here, because you can kind of do that at Aintree now. You know, you can hit one or two over these fences and get away with it, really. Yep. You know, you can, you can kind of jump, jump through them. But he's actually traveling unbelievably well when that happens. And he ends up then, he's just beaten by that point. But he, he, the, the mistake is, is just, it's, it's a really hard one. He thumps it. But before that, at Leopardstown at Christmas, it, that's a really good race that the, he finished seventh in there. He just didn't quite see it home. Him and Birchdale were the two eye catchers as they just didn't see out that trip. They dropped back and trip for the Dublin Racing Festival. The two of them battled it out. Uh, he's only lent to the quarter behind behind that day. That, for me, is a really good race. I, I really like Gallon John Joe, wherever he goes again in the future. Blackbow's a good horse. Mortal's a good horse. It, for me, that's a very good race. He's second in that. He's got excuses for the Ultima. 
And you've got a horse here coming across from Mouse Morris, who, who's an absolute genius, who I think that was the jumping right might be a problem. It might actually allow him to kind of stay out of problems as well. And Aintree will suit him that, that little bit more if he does jump a little bit to the right. He'll stay, definitely stay this trip all day. And um, yeah, Dean, a 25 to 1, I just think he's in here off a lovely weight. And a 25 to 1, he's a cracking bet. I think. He is 25 to 1 with fans bet as well. That is Foxy Jacks for Jonathan Moore and Mouse Morris. Now, this is the kind of race where I'll probably back all my old romantic favourites. If I really want to stretch, it'll include the likes of Romain de Saint-Am, uh, Riders on the Storm. Uh, then I've got Windsor Romain Avenue. Romain de Saint-Am, that's, that's yeah. a long time. Yeah, I know. Um, he's in there. He's outside of the field for David Pike. Now, of all people, has got hold of Romain de Saint-Am. Um, then we've got Windsor Avenues in there. Obviously, doesn't know me anything this year, which is nice. Um, but yeah, I have actually, though, landed on uh, something else, and that is Tamarock du Matin. Now, the Nichols form isn't going to um, please anyone uh, talking about another Nichols horse here, but Harry Cobden will ride this off 10 stone 7. There is no way Tamarock du Matin's uh, ceiling is right at the minute at 142. I think he's more like a 150, 150. Three, four, something like that, uh, when everything is right. And I think everything will be right here. So if in a rhythm with the jumping, uh, the comeback run at Sandown was obviously needed. Paint the Dream run was a little bit of a step forward um, on soft enough ground at Newbury. I think Tamarot de Matan is the one, but that is definitely a race I'll have five or six bets in, which means uh, I probably shouldn't qualify to talk about it, um, which is fair enough. Uh, there's a couple of other races on this card, of course. We're going to move over to the Sefton Novices Hurdle. Uh, Bambridge is back for more. JJ Slevin will ride that for Joseph uh, Bryan after winning of course at the festival and a horse i'm really interested to see is sky tastic um for sam thomas and sam twist and davis now they didn't go to cheltenham with this one but uh, he'd be one of my stronger fancies of the week even though this is a good field dave weldon i come to you first yeah just two i like on the card in the first uh polities for lorna fowler um she i this horse is definitely well handicapped off one turn. Wait, 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 Dave, Dave, I skipped ahead there. The, uh, We're the doing the Sefton Novices, Dave. Dave. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, you can... I thought you said anything else on the card, Dave. Sorry. No, <laughs> I, I said there's a few other races on the card. The next one we're going to talk about is the Sefton Novices. You're all good, David. Uh, Gentleman at Arms wins Sefton and wins it well. Um, probably wow, okay. Succinct. Better bets of the meeting for Stuart Evans and Kieran Gettings. Uh, was one and nothing race last time at 2 13. Before that was second behind LA Bell um at Huntington beating a neck over a trip too short, giving weight away. That was a good performance. And before that was behind Stycorn, who was much more fancy that day, and again over a trip too short. Three miles gonna be the making of this horse. Uh it's definitely a grade one horse in the making, and I think that'll happen on Friday. Gentlemen at arms, about twelve to one. Yep, keen on gentlemen at arms is Dave Weldon for Kieran Gethins and Stuart Edmonds. Um, Paddy, what do you like in the Sefton Novices? Yeah, it's quite a nice race, this. I think, obviously, Bambridge is a very, very classy horse. You know, he's rated 143, and I, I do think he's a horse who's still on the improve despite being a six-year-old. But there was one here I thought was interesting. He's only had a couple of starts over hurdles in Duke of Bronte, lads. Um, very, mm. very, very underwhelming stuff when he made his debut for the yard but it was much better next time and i mean although you look at the form it looks nothing to get carried away with at doncaster i just thought the way he finished out the race was quite nice it was a big step up on his debut effort this horse when with the millmans he was a hundred plus on the flat you know he was no back number i know he's come to this job quite late in life he, he is an eight-year-old but i think he's shown a pretty good aptitude for jumping hurdles and just interesting that they pitched him in here. I reckon they're wanting to see how good he is, but they obviously think he's pretty good. So, Duke Bronte for me. 
Duca Bronte money around for that as well in the last week or so for the Skeletons. Uh, that one will go in the Sefton Novices. Uh, this is red hot, Demo. It is a absolutely top class, uh, sorry, top class competitive stuff. But as far as a grade one goes, you might be looking at it kind of going, ooh, oh, fair enough. But I, I think Green Book is a cracking each way bet here. That run in the Albert Bartlett, uh, it, it, it'll be overlooked a little bit. But like, kind of, you know, he raced wide, looked in trouble, then really came through um, and looked like he was going to get there and then just kind of um, had no impression there from about two out. But you just... I just happened to note it because I, I was kind of tracking Ramley through as well and the two of them kind of came together. But after the race, when I read it back, he, he received treatment for post-race ataxia and um, had lost both of his hind shoes. So, so that run from Green Book was actually a huge effort uh, considering just how well travelling he was at one point. He was kicked out of the way by Hillcrest the time before, but that ground just really didn't suit him. Uh, he, he's improved an awful lot through the season. He'll love this trip. He'll definitely see it out and a 10 to 1 or so. I just think that Albert Bartlett run will get overlooked by plenty, but it was actually a huge run. Green book for Venetia and Charlie Deutsch. Um, yeah, around 10 to 1 um, for that Sefton Novices. I think Sky Tastic's going to be a very special horse and as well, so do Connections, obviously. They're taking a bit on trust moving into this kind of company uh, over this trip, but I'm very much looking forward to seeing uh, Sam Thomas's horse running there. Now, Dave, I'll give you a moment here because there are a couple of other races on the card. You think you had something in the first? Why don't you start yeah, there? Yeah, just one in the first now. Uh, Polities for Lorna Fowler, rated 130 over hurdles, was chasing earlier on the season uh, when it went a bit wrong in October behind Cape Gentleman has been off since and this horse is definitely she's definitely well handicapped off that mark Connor Orr comes over to take three further pounds off uh, she finished 15 lengths behind Stormy Ireland the Punchstown last year and gets in here off at a lovely low weight I think she's about 14 to 1 I think she will take all the beating Polly Tess in the first race on the Friday that's up against Langerdan yeah Dave you know that I do know that but sure Langerdan is a Langer basically well if nothing brings him down I think you go well Dermot Nolan <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the way he was back to Cheltenham was that they were, uh, what did uh, what did Noel Hayes say once about a race, that it was as if they were about to just sit down and watch the... Uh, they were watching the replay. Watch the replay. That's right. Yeah, yep. it was, uh, you know, and the money was like that. They looked unbelievably unlucky, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, I'll never understand holding a, a horse like this for a whole season for, for one handicap at the end of the it needs to happen like this week, like, or they've it really messed yeah, up. It was, yeah. it, 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 it was madness. It was one of the biggest, uh, the biggest gas from the stands when the commentator announced he'd been brought oh, home, wasn't it? <laughs> oh God, it was. Paddy. I was, I was one, one of the gaspers. <laughs> I was one of the yeah. gaspers. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was absolutely brutal. But the, um, but yeah, it was just one of those things. Look, look, the forms in the bank there with with Langer, uh, Langer Dan. Obviously, last season that was an absolutely huge run uh, behind Galloping Deschamps. So. If Aintree handles, if he handles Aintree as well, which he just, there's no reason he shouldn't, he should take an awful lot of stopping. But at the prices, he's quite short. I I really like Field Fidudere here, Dean. Yeah, uh, he's a horse I've liked for quite a while. Uh, really fell apart under Joseph, but that can happen sometimes. Some of Joseph's over fences, the, the jumping can kind of fall asunder. But he he's a horse who ran a huge race behind Envy Allen, and then and his first run for, for Nicky Henderson travelled through the race like he was the best horse in it until he just caught the eye of Unexpected Party who just looked like he was just a freak altogether and, but bar that Field de Dury with that horse out of the race would have been a very comfortable winner um, obviously Unexpected Party ran no race at Cheltenham but that was on that horrific ground in the Coral Cup so he's a horse team that I really am extremely interested in 
and uh, Field Duderie here at 11 to 1 under James Bowen for me, I just think is uh, a cracking bet. Yep, Field Duderie is 11 to 1. Uh, the one that Dave mentioned, Politesse, is 14s. Um, I'd be keen that Broomfield Berg would go uh, well at an outside price, but I'm all over Langadan. Uh, Paddy, you on the Langadan train? Oh, yeah. I don't think I am here, Dino. I'm very, very strong on one here. I thought he was unlucky at Cheltenham, and that was Cobbler's dream for Ben Case. Um, very, very interesting here. Obviously, the, the winner we just spoke about, uh, Bainbridge, was very, very good, and I thought Cobbler's dream ran a solid race. But because it was the Martin Pipe, Jack Andrews couldn't claim. Um, he knows this horse very, very well. Obviously, the handicapper has put him up to 140, but he's effectively a pound better in here because Jack can actually claim in this straight handicap. He's a very, very solid horse. Obviously, he's got a bit more to do here, but I just think if he could have been taken a little bit further up the track at Cheltenham, he could have got very close to the winner that day. Obviously, he did have a hard race, but he's so consistent, this little horse. He's had a terrific season, and the fact of the matter is that Jack can take five pound off his is is back here. Just could be, it could be the fine line that gets him gets him home here in a very very competitive race. But a good pot to the winner. Yeah, very good pot. Cobbler's dream, of course, for Ben Case. Not uh, afraid of a, of a festival winner either Cheltenham or elsewhere um, when he has a good one. And Jack Andrews will take those five off. He's five to one with fans bet uh, for that opening race on the Friday. We're going to kick straight in to Saturday's cards now. And of course, uh, the Grand National is on that, but we won't go there straight away. Um, we will start with the 225 at Aintree on Saturday, which is the Mersey Novices hurdle. And, um, well, John Bond won't go here, so three-stripe life is probably going to go off uh, favourite here. Dave, well? Yeah, I, I'd like to see three-stripe life win as well. You know, I'm a big fan of Sir Gerhard, um, and that'll just do the form the world of good. Um, it's a tough enough race, though, walking out there, skip Chetland to come here, and good risk at all. Well, won a good handicap. Um, it's probably, like, three-stripe life looks a better two-to-one, but, again, the Gordon Eddie form has been so poor. Um, if he has a couple of winners on the on the Thursday, maybe that that price will collapse and you can get involved. But I think three stripe life should win, but I can't really back it with two to one at the moment. You're a big gentleman at arms fan who only you know who actually got turned over by LA Bell last time. There's a bit of each way value there, I think, with Skelton's mare. There is. I, I think she should, should be going up and trip as well, though. Dino, I think all she did that day was stay, was stay and stay, and um, a bit of tactical speed got her over. I, I love a three mile horse who, who can show a turn of foot as well. I think she might just get a bit outpaced here against these good horses. Um, like, like what she's even with she, three stripe three stripe life is a one fifty horse and she's rated one three four. Oh yeah, it's fine though. She's loads yeah. to find. Um, if she was double figures, yes, you could get involved eight to one now. Which again, she's been well backed, she's been well touted. Um, I just think it's a bit short. I said on the Cheltenham preview night that obviously I'd love her to run at Cheltenham and no, don't go there, just you know, have it all on Aintree. But it's probably a little bit tougher than I thought she'd face um, at Aintree. Although I do still think she is my bet in the race, albeit each way at crampy enough odds. So yeah, I, I, I would love her to run well. I'm not over-enthused by the price. Paddy, what do you make of the Mersey Novices? Yeah, I thought North Lodge was very interesting here, Dino. Um, yeah. I thought... He was unlucky. He got nabbed on the line by Nell's son, who reopposes here for Nicky Richards. The thing, you see so many horses at Kelso because that grandstand at Kelso is literally on top of the horses up that running. 
Um, and you do see a lot of horses get nabbed right on the line at, at Kelso. And that's what happened with Nelson. I'd, I'd say North Lodge traded, you know, very, very short. And he was unlucky on the day. He's won at this track. And I think if things had dropped a little bit different, should be three from three now. And I could maybe see him getting his revenge on, on Nelson here. Okay, North Lodge is eleven to one. They go nine to four. The pair actually walking on air in three stripe life at the top of the market for the Mersey novices uh, with fans bet. Dem, what do you like? Um, it's not a fantastic race, but I absolutely really do like uh, walking on air. I thought that that performance was absolutely brilliant last time. I, I love the fact that Nicky was rather quick to say that that he might kind of keep his horse back, but still spoke about the horse with that way that Nicky does when he's a really good one. So I think walking on air could just be a different class to these, do you know? Okay, it could be a different class. Nine to four, uh, joint favourite with three stripe life for that Mersey novices that gets, on well, not underway, second race on the card on Grand National Day at Aintree. Talk to me, Demo, about the mad call novices chase. Uh, we're going to have a short one here in Edwardstone. Um, picked up an article, will it pick up the mad call? Yeah, short one from from me too, Dean. Uh, Edward Stone wins. To the rest of these horses are are quite overrated now. We've figured out as the seasons have gone on. He's uh, a horse that I massively underrated, and he put that to bed at uh, at at Cheltenham, and he can do so again, Dean. Here, okay, Edward Stone can do it again. Paddy, do you agree? Yeah, no, I was delighted. He he managed to get the article in in the bag. It was a good story all round. Or you know, he's owned by the people who bred him as well. And, you know, it's a bit of a real small sort of breeding operation, but this horse has improved so much for jumping a fence. It's, it's absolutely incredible. And just the way he went down and nailed the last when there was no stride on at Cheltenham, he'd done it with a horse that there was plenty of petrol left in the tank. And yeah, can't, can't see him getting beat here. No, uh, no, I'd have to agree. I'd love to make a case for the likes of an Adramel or a Mick Pasta coming back or even Gentleman to me form being slightly better than it perhaps looks, uh, but I can't. Dave Weldon? You're on mute. Yeah, gen- Gentleman to me is the is the unknown um, in terms of uh, Everstone's form, but Everstone was very good the last day. And in fairness, you have to kind of tip your hat to Alan King. He pulled stumps last year very quickly. When you've probably seen Shishton's going to, going to the Arkle as well, waited a year to get his, his, his turn and it paid off at Cheltenham. So fair play to them. And I think he, he probably will win again, not knowing if Gentleman Me is a certain runner or not. Yeah, we don't know. Um, obviously, we're, we're a couple of days away from decks for this contest. Four to seven is Edward Stone. Gentleman Demi is there at two to one, hundred to thirty for third time lucky. Fourteen to one bar those top three in the Michael Novices Chase. Uh, next race on the card. Uh, on the Saturday is, of course, the Liverpool Hurdle. It's the the, the entry version of the Stayers. Uh, short and sweet from me. The winner will be Time Hill. This time, uh, it, it won't face one of the best rides you'll ever see on a Stayer uh, from Flooring Porter. And the rest can't win. Demo. And the rest can't win. Ed, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of, I'm swaying towards Champ. Oh, um, uh, no. Yeah, when you look at Champ... I'm of the opinion after watching back thing, he's traveling really well in that stairs hurdle as he is back in January as well. And he goes out like a light. He hates the new course. In my opinion, when you look at his runs on the new course, he's fourth, second pulled up uh, behind Melindo last year. And then on the new course, but before that fell behind midnight shadow on the old course, he ran there twice and he has beaten or sorry, 
two lengths behind City Island over Triptor was too short, and then that RSA wins. I think whilst he, he doesn't like Cheltenham overall, in my opinion, he particularly dislikes the the new course. When you look at his performance at Ascot before, that was absolutely brilliant. Last season at Newbury, absolutely brilliant performance. Same thing, once he leaves there, his best performance back in, uh, in 2019 was here at Aintree as well, when beating off Emmeton, who was who was much a better horse at that point. So, I'm willing to forgive the track. I think uh, price-wise, I think he's the one to be on here. And I just think with this kind of a working theory of mine that uh, Cheltenham is just not his track at all. And that maybe that, that win in the RSA maybe kind of breezed over that and that he might just like Aintree an awful lot more. We are dealing with a very talented horse here. Dave. We are. We are. 130 is champ. Ty Miller's 5-2. The favourite is Florian Porter at 13-8. to eight. Um, Dave Weldon, uh, please join me. Uh, no, Dean. No, Have you two not taken your pills this morning, lads? No. Uh, Florian Porter just wins again, doesn't he? He's just a fast horse. He's the best horse over three miles. He's won two stairs in a row now. He's... Uh, circumstance got the better of him. See, I, th- I think Dave, what, like, I'm not willing to to let go because I think what we saw at Cheltenham was an absolute magical ride. I'm going to ask Paddy about this in a minute. Uh, from Danny Mullins on Floor and Porter, where not necessarily the best horses won, um, but mm. certainly the best horse and jockey combination won. But you know, if I'm not proved right on this weekend, I'm not sure I'll be able to mention the horse on the podcast. Right? Anymore. Okay, Dean. But like, Floor and Porter wasn't even all out after the last didn't Danny have to be had, because he yeah. stacked them didn't he well it doesn't matter like he hadn't even gone for the whip on him he gave him one yeah. little down the shoulder and off he went just um, as well because like, if he'd have gone for the whip the horse would have been yeah, in, maybe, in, uh, in in the arco bar but he's by far the best horse in this race uh, odds on or odds against is a whopping price get it okay. in the multiples odds against the whopping price for floor and porter right paddy bit of uh, common sense needs to kick in to get here now well obviously he's looking to go back to back in this race time here isn't he but i don't know just circumstances haven't dropped his way at all this season have they um i'd like to see him win for you dino no doubt thank you you've, you've <laughs> never you've never lost faith in this horse there's no doubt but i think the way gavin cromwell has trained is floor porter because he looks an absolute nutcase lads doesn't he? Uh, he's a genius yeah you know uh, and i do think he, he is right about mentally he is get, putting it together a little bit this horse and no better man on his back than than danny mullins because there's no doubt he's quirky He's got his own way, but God, the ability he must have is is incredible. Um, and to to win a race, I know you, you are right. Um, things fell his way, and, and he did stack them up, but he still won pretty snug the last yep. day. And you know, he, he's a horse for me in a real good place at the minute, and certainly has got got the right man on board. I'd have felt hugely hard done by at Cheltenham at time he'll gone down a neck, but he's gone down what nearly the best part of three lengths. Um. And for all that the race wasn't run to suit him, and uh, he's never had much luck around Cheltenham with the way that the trips and, and travelling has gone. Um, I hope this is his day. I can concede this is a much tougher race than 12 months ago when beating Roxana. Um, but same time, if he's going to come and do it, it's going to be here. One of the races I'm most looking forward to of the week. No surprise. Let's move on to the Grand National um, itself on Saturday. Um, I don't want a 40-horse synopsis here. I want fancies and reasoning uh, behind them. Dermo, why don't you kick us off with the ancient Grand National 2022? Um, what do you like? Yeah, so I'll run through them all here now. Yeah, go um, from number one down, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I like two here, Dean. Uh, well, three ground-dependent on them. Um Fitter on the roof, first of all, Dean. I know you're hey. a fan of quite a while as well. Uh, we actually said on this podcast after I run a Newbury that screamed of a Grand, grand National horse. 
that run behind Cloudy Glen. He's just such a comfortable jumper. He travels really well. It's the one problem I have with him is is that sticking his head down to go and win a race is a problem for him at times. But he's 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 shown a toughness that's that's there. Three miles too. He, he definitely could have kept going further, uh, which is what you want. They the Tizards. I've mentioned it before. Are very weird with trips. They really tried him over two miles for so long and he was winning because he was just better than a lot of the horses around him but he was just nowhere near that 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 type of a horse and since he, he's gone up and trip this season whilst yes he's found winning into hard, hard the last twice he's what he had to come through last time to even run through for second was just brilliant altogether it, it was a huge run and he'd also lost his, his left hind shoe that day as well which only made the the run seem an awful lot better than it was as well, considering just how much in trouble he looked the whole way around that day, did. Um, and then at Newbury as well. So, uh, Fiddler on the Roof for me uh, is definitely one. And then I'm still torn between the price and any second now is gone. But if that rain does come, he'll take an awful lot of stopping. He he was probably the rightful winner last season. Bar that, just he got carried out badly at one point, Dean, if you remember it. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah. And how, how he managed to get back into the race. I mean, he basically had stopped. And to run on for third was an absolutely huge run. But the second one I like is um, is a horse that uh, Paddy Aspel and uh, Paddy Aspel Senior will know an awful lot about, obviously. With in uh, Longhouse Poet, this has been the plan. That was an absolutely huge performance at Goran Park, beating Franco de Port. So there, my two Dean uh, Fiddler on the Roof and Longhouse Poet Dean. I, I think it's the first time ever that I think we might actually be agreeing on this. They're, 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 I've got three. And they're definitely two of them. And the other one is Discorama, which amazes me. We're not in a, in a trio of agreement because Discorama, yeah. one of your horses of the past. But there's plenty, plenty of form in Discorama's um, back-end category that would, uh, catalogue, I should say, that puts him right in the mix here. And I think they're much better prep this time around than when seventh last year. Um, every chance for Paul Nolan. And I assume Brian Cooper will be booked. They would be my three. You make good cases for Longhouse Poet and um, Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, Paddy, will come to you. I mean, you know a little bit about Longhouse Poet, of course. Yeah, I think it's poor old, poor old Dermo and, and Discorama. Do you know the way, do you remember in, in Father, them scenes in Father Ted where Dougal is dreaming? And you, I can just imagine Dermo dreaming about Discorama like that. <laughs> if Discorama wins, Paddy, you'll never hear me in this podcast again. Do you know no, what? no, come on, just just, just stick a fiver on it, Dermo. It's 40 to 1. Oh, yeah, no, no, of course. You'll relax. It was, it was that... That day at Cheltenham under poor old Barry O'Neill, he got caught again this year on wing leader, poor old Barry, but it was uh, Disco-Rama. Just, he did not want to go past that day, Paddy, did he? No, he's, um, he's certainly been a, been a feature of our podcast for quite a while, isn't he? But we, we've all got a, a soft spot for him. But if Annie Hurst deserves his day in the sun, he would certainly be one. And do you know what, lads? If the decks come out in the morning and I've seen Longhouse Poet with a, a B number one next to his name, uh, and a bit of rain forecast. I think it'd be you wouldn't get a better bet all week. Um, Love that blinkers and a bit of rain. That's what you're asking for, Paddy. Oh, honestly, like this is a very very talented horse, but he's a typical offspring of Yates. They're bottomless. You know that type of way. Um, yeah, and Paddy, just because. Uh... A few of our listeners stopped us and asked us. We declared up a few times. It's your dad who's the manager of the Mulrine Racing, not you, Paddy. Just, just so we can clear that up. Yeah, no, it's the, it's the, it's the greater version. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
people all thought it was you, Paddy, and you were keeping quiet about it. <laughs> no, no. Um, I wouldn't mind being a pound behind of mine, but it's not me. Um, but no, they, they, uh, I was speaking to the old man the other day, and they have got a few runners through the week. And I mean, they're very excited about this chap, and he's he's still a bit, he's got he, he's got low miles on for an eight year old. But this has always been a plan. Um, but there has been no mention of, of of blinkers, but certainly a bit of rain would help. Um, but I was actually looking at a horse who finished behind them in the um, the race at Goran. Um, he was a little bit further down the page. Escaria 10. I, yep. thought he, I thought he was very, very unlucky the last day. He just, the revs fell out of him a little bit the last day when any second now just came and gubbed him on the line. He'd had a hard race in the first time blinkers and, you know, he ran for his life a little bit and I just thought he he took his eye off the ball just right at the top of the line and, and he got gubbed. But it was a very solid run. I think if you look down through this horse's form, he has got some very, very solid runs. Uh, to say he's only won once over fences. Heskin, is down and he's booked uh, on this chap already. So I certainly thought that he was interesting. Obviously, Longhouse Board, I'd have to have to give him a mention as well. And I just think it would be a dream scenario, Snow Leopardess. It'd be, would she be the first mayor to win the national or was it absolutely ages ago that a mayor won the, um, won the Grand National? I'm not even sure it's been done before, has it? Do you know? I'm not sure, but if it's been done, this a long time ago. Yeah, I think it's the it, it, it it's a bit of a a stat breaker, uh, but it's no slipper. Wasn't there fiddling the facts? Always used to be well touted for it. For Henderson was a mare, I think, um, but never got it done. So it may never have been done, Paddy. But I, I'm not going to Google it and find out. I don't know the answer. Yeah, no, I think if she popped up on Saturday, she she could be be the one to to do it. Snow Leopard. I think lads, yeah, it says here thirteen mares have won the Grand National. Not in our uh, lifetime, last, though, maybe. No, the last one being 1951, Dean. So oh, geez, nearly my lifetime. <laughs> you would have just been a teenager in that time, Dean. Exactly, yeah. Probably didn't have, a, <laughs> didn't have the TV to catch on. <laughs> but it, it would be a good story, wouldn't it? Because, you know, she's owned uh, by the Fox Pits, who bred her as well. And yeah. she's a very talented mare, you know, to think that she stays these trips and she won a bumper on, on debut. And it's just been a real good story. And obviously, she's got the experience over fences. She is a good jumper. Aiden Coleman, he he knows her so well, and probably not been many horses prepped uh, better for a race like this. So if if she was to get a bit of luck, it you'd certainly struggle to see her being out of the money, Snow Leopardess. But no, cracking race, and can't wait to see the final decks tomorrow. Yep, serious money around for Snow Leopardess in the week uh, so far. They're paying five places um, in the Grand National. No runner, no bet on fans bet at the moment. Snow Leopardess is fifteen to two, uh, eight to one Delta work. Any second now nines, eleven to one is Escaria. Ten of you just mentioned then is twelve to one. Uh, bar those, Dave Weldon. Yeah, I've three now. I'd have to come on down on the last week. Uh, I found it a very hard race to get involved in this year. There's no real standout uh, like there has been the last couple of years. Not that that really means it. But, uh, You're missing Tiger. <laughs> missing Tiger, and I was all over Club Cap last, last year. Too much ah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so we'll start with the short price one. I enjoyed Dallin uh, for Kieran Murphy. He's just been mapped out for the race, and the fact JP's gone in and bought him kind of speak volumes. He was third in the Paddy Power at Christmas which is a good trial for this, and he was third in the Irish Grand National last year as well. Both good trials. He's on a handy mark, 148. He should go well. Um, the next one was uh, Farclaw, who was uh, fifth in the race last year, finished behind Rumwell Fred in the Troy Town. It's been off since. Obviously, this has been the plan for a while. Judd McGarvey's booked for him. 
that's fine, that's good. He, he'll go well at a big price. He's twice the price he was last year now as well. And then at a at a wild price, um, he's a wild price with one firm and he's 33 to 1 with other. So he's 80 to 1 uh, with one firm. Phoenix Way uh, for Harry Fry. Kevin Brogan's down to ride him. He's going to sneak in the bottom of the weights. Um, he beat uh, Fanyan Destreval at Ascot two runs back and then fell fairly early on um, behind Cap du Nord. Um, on that day that Chris Williams had a big double he fell uh, t- at the third Kevin Brogan knows him well gets on really well with him he looks to be improving this season he finished second in last couple of time before that as well and he's 8-1 uh, you get a few extra places on that as well I think he could have an each way squeak yeah Phoenix way at a big price enjoy Dallin um, another one that Dave well likes and far class okay um, and now look, just before we move on to a bit of um, you know Nappage, or whatever you want to call it, for the the meeting, the national itself. Might even ask you if you have a fancy for the Masters. Uh, anything else from the final day at the Ainchy Festival, um, Demonon? Uh, yeah, just two and two in the first race to one forty-five, depending on which one runs. Uh, Mill Green Dean was a horse that I've been talking about for quite a while. He ran a Long blinder time, yeah. in the pretemps. He ran an absolute screamer in third, finally running over the right trip. Um, and he hit the second last. Had he not hit the second last, I'd be very interested to see where he is. Just a very good race. Uh, Winter fog is in here. I just don't think he likes this trip. And then the other one is um, I like the way you're thinking, which was a horse I put up for the Martin Pipe um, at 40 to 1 or so. He ran an absolute screamer that day to be sixth, staying on and on and on. So him going over the right trip, if Gavin Cromwell does bring him over to this, it would be very interesting uh, considering how huge a run that was in the Martin Pipe. So in the 145, that's Mill Green, and I like the way you're thinking. And then in the Red Rum Handicap Chase, just there uh, right before the Grand National. Uh, that was a real massive step back in the right direction for Oscar Elite um, in that ultimate. Absolutely broke my heart, Dean, the two of them. Like him and Jericho Rock in a reverse forecast for Korat Rambler to nab them. So hopefully Oscar Elite can get me back a few quid here. I know Chamblou is very interesting, but that, that was a tough run last time. Um, everything went wrong. So Oscar Elite here getting eight pounds from him is a horse who's also a grade one placed horse at the Cheltenham Festival. So I just think he could be getting too much weight back. That was a really good run back in the right direction. Colin Tizar's horses continue to improve as the season goes on. So Oscar Elite, that red rum handicap chase as well. Dino. Yeah, Oscar Elite, the only one I'm worried about troubling Sham Blue in that handicap chase, albeit, um, you know, it's a big enough field. But I do think Sham Blue is a big chance. But yeah, Oscar Elite right back into contention, of course, so that big run at the festival. The one I liked in that 145 demo was Master Debonair, who's now with the um, the fries and brownie frost is already booked. If that gets in to the opener on the Saturday. Paddy, anything else from the other races on the Saturday? There was a couple of horses I liked in the bumper, Dino. Yep. Uh, I think Alto Belli of Harry Fries is very good. Um, I think he clocked some real numbers on debut. He travelled so well. Um, and when I was working the other day, the second came out and won very, very nicely at Chepstow. And just visually, the way he went through that race, um, I think Harry Fry's got a nice one there in Alto Belly. And there was a horse a bit further up the page in the bumper, I thought, for a yard who have finally hit a bit of form in Ollie Greenall, a horse called Donair. He got beaten on debut, but got the job done very, very nicely. Second time up, took the jockey an absolute age to pull him up and he had a good bumper winner at Suttle the other day. So I think his, his bumper horses, now that they've hit a bit of form, I think he's got some nice ones, runs in the same colours as what Denier will run on Saturday. But definitely my first choice, Alto Belly for Harry Fry. 
in the 620 if you're looking for a get out that's where you need to go donair also runs there uh, potentially for ollie greenall in the last race of the h festival dave did you have anything from those other races no not nice for me there's enough going on all right then okay then so we need to do a couple of bits here so we do need your nap of the meeting it can also be in the national uh, your main fancy for the grand national which will go to a twitter poll for our charity bet with fans bet and if anyone is inclined um something that you need to do as a punter certainly of any romantic level is pick the masters and grand national uh, double so uh, i'll leave you stew on that for a moment uh, my nap of the week tamarock dumatan i think is an absolute knocking bet in um the topham and i'll be i'll be getting stuck into that one for paul nichols hopefully the form improves my national horse it's got to be fiddler on the roof although i very much like longhouse poet and discorama and my masters um and national double is fiddler and Shane Lowry. So how's that? Giving you a bit of time uh, to get to work this all out. Demo, you go first um, for this, please. You said you were struggling for your nap of the week, but now I'm asking you. Uh, yeah, so my nap of the week is before midnight in the Handicap Chase on the Thursday. Yeah, in the Red Rum, yeah. Uh, my Grand National pick is the other one. Um, You're going Longhouse Poet horse, then? Longhouse Poet, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, Paddy. And uh, the the Masters double. I've messaged Adam Kenny here now, who's, uh, who's sorted me out. Adam Kenny for... Who's, who's been on this podcast he's a, a golf a golf backer and he said um adam scott so adam scott and longhouse poet double love it love it dave wilden um gentlemen at arms in the 440 on friday sefton um yep. Sefton. yeah sefton yeah and then uh we'll go enjoy dallin in the grand national as the nap and then double that with tyrell hatton in the masters tyrell hatton and enjoy dallin Love it. Okay, uh, Paddy, now we've taken a couple of your horses, I think, from the national uh, lineup, so you're going to have to give us something else in there. But your best bet of the week at Aintree? Yeah, my best bet of the week was Cobbler's Dream um, yep. in, on the Friday in the first. I just think it's going to be run to suit. Hopefully, Jack Andrews will ride him with plenty of confidence and hang on to him as long as he can. You know, he really wants to be on the scene very, very late, but it's going to be a well-run race. And the fact that I mentioned earlier, he could claim the five in this race. He's a pound well in or a pound yep. better off than his Cheltenham run. He's very, very solid cobbler's dream. Um, my national, I'll go Ascaria 10. I do think there's not much meat left on the bone price-wise for a horse that's only won once over fences. But I think with a bit of luck, you know, there's a bit, there could be a big day in him, but there's a lot of luck involved. And I've got to be honest, lads, I know absolutely zero about golf and I wouldn't even know... Uh, when the Masters is on. So I can't help you out there. <laughs> I love it, Paddy. That's perfect. You and Dermo both there. Dermo wouldn't know the Masters is on, except we keep asking him to to, uh, no. to to come up with something for it. So that's all good. Um, all right, then. Well, you've been listening to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and, of course, fans bet all the way through the National Hunt season at 21-22. Do get involved with their Masters. Pick to win game 25k on offer. They've got a Grand National one for 10k, which goes live tomorrow. There's a £250 win and uh, play game as well for the weekend, which will also be live in a couple of days. And get involved with the Bet 10, Get 30 on bookmakers.co.uk. Paddy Aspel, Dave Weldon, Dermot Nolan will um, we'll be back on the race hour. Thanks for coming on this week. We'll be back with a bit of Fairy House and Punches Down Till to come. Good luck to everyone at Aintree. You've been listening to the race hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews.